It's May 21st, and that is a, a day that has changed lives in history. And and do you know why? Because last night at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Olivia Rodrigo released her debut album, Sour, featuring her hit singles, Deja Vu, Driver's License, and Good For You. And today, that is our hot take. We are going to be discussing the hot take of Olivia Rodrigo as an artist, particularly uh-huh. with her most recent and only, you know, album release, Sour. So, you know, buckle in. It'll be so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think you can tell from how Sunny introduced that. Sunny is a stan, a full stan. It's true. Like It's true. Like, loves. Loves stands all of the above I just think she's so talented like she is one of Taylor Swift's sons and she lives up to it I think like it's so I just I think like uh, like Taylor Swift even like wanting to you know actively collabing with her like it's just so powerful and incredible do I I, that's gonna be met with disappointment I like I already (laughs) yeah I know Okay, I I do not hate Olivia Rodrigo, nor do I think that she is, like, not talented. I mean, she obviously, like, I was looking through the song credits or whatever for the songs, and it looks like, besides the one that she obviously collabed with, with Taylor Swift, which we will get to that, but she, like, wrote all of the songs, and I think she is a fine singer. Um, that's aside, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a hater I don't think that she shouldn't have like any career or anything like that I'm not going to start a campaign against her however do I think that she's the second coming that so many people on my timeline like to present her as no no I didn't I think she's a fine mid art I think she'll grow like in five years I think maybe like by her third album I could see me really liking her when she is 23 but for right now, no. For me, pers- I, I also don't think I'm her target demographic, which I know sounds strange that so many of our mutuals love her and, like, are in the same age group that I'm in. But somehow I feel like I'm, like, I'm, I'm not the person that this is for. No, because she which, makes music for teen girls, and you don't yeah. like teenagers. See, that's the other thing that I was going to say, is that when I was listening to the album, I'm like, oh, this sounds like if if I was between 15 and 17 when this came out I'm sure this would have been my favorite album but since I'm not my in my high school bisexual era era (laughs) then then it it no longer hits but like if this came out my junior year of high school I, I would I I would probably no it's just because she has like the theater kid gay situation going for her or like no but i love that like that i know no no but she's she's the theater kid gay type that it's like she's the girl who dates the guy who's the lead in every show in high school oh yeah no a lot of her songs she to me she sounds like someone who accidentally was a beard and didn't know that they were a beard Exa- like no, that's a all thing. this like, it's a universal yeah. judgment of her music and the things she writes about it's like she is ladybird in the movie where she finds her boyfriend making out with another dude yeah that's her like <laughs> and joshua bassett being like not that like the album is all about their relationship because like that could be uh, true. It could, is it, it not? Might not be it felt like it 
No, it, it really felt did feel like, like it. it. It really felt like it. But that's the thing. I about, felt like, like it was such ugh. a targeted. It was such a like you know how Taylor Swift's music. It's like even though she's like, oh, I don't really want to name names anymore because like she did that when she was younger in her career and she didn't really yeah. go well no. for her. Olivia like, released their so- his social security number, his address, his mom's <laughs> and she put a name, target, his on bank his back. number. The like thing is, is that. I like if driver's license didn't get super popular in like the editing scene or on TikTok, I do not think it would have the number of streams that has. No, of course. It's a 700 million streaming worth. Yeah, I don't think song. I don't think driver's license being the hit song that it is and the way that it has so much hype. Like the reason why it's ranked pretty low, it's like ranked number nine on my sour ranking. Is because... Oh, that's higher than, or that's lower than mine. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> like I just think her other song, I just like prefer her other songs, but like not that it's a bad song, but I'm just like it is just a pop, it's just a pop ballad, and I think like when she, when she like develops more as an artist, I think she's gonna look back at the song and be like damn that really was my first release like yikes hello everyone welcome to the lavender menace i'm one of your co-hosts renaissance marie um annoying haitian (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay (laughs) i couldn't think of anything that was the first thing that came to mind um uh Annoying Haitian. Oh my god. Uh, part-time sunny hater. Um, Full-time sunny hater. Part-time general antagonist to all that I come across. Right. And uh, Pinterest plagiarist. Pinterest yes. painting plagiarist. That is so true. That is so true. A little bit of the alliteration. Yes. My name is Sunny. Uh known as a sunny book nook on all social media platforms including youtube where i make booktube videos and i am a cancer so therefore a terrorist and a capricorn moon therefore uh, also a terrorist also a terrorist and a gemini rising so a terrorist times three it's like yeah. really it's a really i'm a triple threat you're I'm, I'm a threat in many ways terrorist um stellium what's it called and i'm like a terrorist I'm, I'm a terrorist stellium <laughs> please <laughs> Oh Shout out to Pokey for teaching me what that is because I didn't right. know before Because Pokey's them. a Sagittarius stallion. We were talking about this in the car yeah. today. This is why hanging around gay people is so toxic. Because <laughs> they're all stelliums? Every no, because they all talk stel- about things like stelliums. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to ex- like, I'm trying to explain to my Aries friend who's a Capricorn moon like what that means for him. Like, <laughs> was talking about how men not liking astrology is just misogyny. <laughs> This is a different point. Rewind a, a bit on a different conversation, but or earlier topic is like her being this like protege of Taylor Swift, and I think with like I I don't live laugh love that, and I I don't think she lives up to it at all. <laughs> like that I'm very so surprised. Silly. That's such I know, a silly but take. like, like, just as a, I mean, listen, her like personal or like creative relationship with Taylor Swift, I'm not gonna be like Taylor. I think you should drop Olivia Rodrigo. Like, no, but I think in terms of that relationship, especially with uh, the way Chloe and Haley, or yeah, Haley 
are Beyonce's protégés and how Beyonce helps them in their career, I, I feel like they elevated and, like, define what it is to be a young artist with a, like, certified, like, legend who is helping you in the music industry or is helping, like, mm-hmm. find you in your creative process. Yeah. In a way where I feel like Chloe and Haley, as much as they are obviously influenced by Beyonce as fans and just people in the music industry they've really like cultivated what their look is what their sound is the I think Olivia Rodrigo has done that though because her music doesn't sound like Taylor's like Mm. her music sounds like the music that she obviously listens to and likes obviously because it's like but I think I mean like, but I, I do think she sounds like a knockoff. Like, I think it sounds know. like someone trying. I, just think I, that's I feel like it 17. sounds like someone trying to write a Taylor Swift song who's obviously 17 trying to write a Taylor Swift song. I don't think it's her trying to write a Taylor. I think it's just her trying to write music in a way in about her own life and about her own experiences in a way that's like in a way that, you know, she would like. Music that she would want to listen to. Because, you know, like most I feel like most artists create work that they themselves would be like, oh, this is this is inspired yeah. by the people I, that I, I don't write. deny that. And I, I, know, I, I don't think that she's not talented. I just don't think that like her being like, oh, this is the next Taylor Swift or this is someone. Oh, who, but no like, one's saying that. Everyone's saying that she's like one of one of her like sons, one of Taylor's sons, which I think it, it's true. Even like it's true, not in the sense that she's going to be a star like Taylor Swift or on her. Lo- I mean, who knows? Like her career trajectory is like that's the future. That's not that's not, not just something to like speculate about. But I, it's not that her career is going to be like hers in any way. I just think that because her music is influenced so much by like current day like a lot of like pop stars now and a lot of like you know and just the stuff that we like we grew up listening to and like the pop music that she like I just think that the fact that the her album is so influenced by sounds that are similar to like Taylor Swift in her like later eras you know but um and also kind of like also influenced by and also like um sampled like like with Paramore and like you know like it just it just has the vibes of the like Harry Styles like Taylor Swift like what like it's just very it's very pop of this era like the same way that like when like Taylor Swift kind of Taylor Swift kind of reinvented the wheel of pop in with like I feel like with 1989 and with like Red like she really created music that was like I don't know I think her shift from bold state <laughs> no it's true though her music because Taylor Swift's pop music really defined the 2010s in a way that I feel like so so few other people who like make like just like pop music can say is true like I don't know I just think like Beyonce like, Beyonce's no, but, albums but, in the 2010s yeah yeah but Beyonce like her she didn't come from making like country music or like like you know she came from making like r&b and you know but like yeah right exactly but i'm saying that like in like because lemonade is is as much of an r&b and like some but not just lemonade lemonade is like a lot more experimental but her titular album that came out i don't know what year i was in eighth grade so whatever year that was like 20 well i think olivia said that in an interview that her favorite beyonce album is i think birthday uh yeah that was in the in the um 
2000. I think that was before 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Beyonce yeah, came no, out with Beyonce's four. In the 2000s, I feel like her music in the 2000s really defined like pop. But I think in the 2010s, like you couldn't go anywhere without listening to the singles off of like Red and like 1989 and like whatever, you know? It's just like, I mean, I so... agree. I just think like, but that's what I'm saying is I feel like Olivia Rodrigo is more of just, from my experience listening, I, I I think for her first album, I think it sounds it sounds like a first album made by Seventeen Year Old, and I think if if she didn't have the connection to Taylor Swift that she does, I I don't think if TikTok gays freaking got hypnotized by her like they did, yeah. it would not have <laughs> this like the cult these... following she's getting. Now. Yeah, because because if you think of um. Like Billie Eilish's album, When We Sleep, Where Do We All Go, or whatever. She was also 17 when she made that with her brother Phineas. And that was just Wait, not, her not and... When, not When We All Sleep, Where Do We Go. That was her yeah. other album. Um, what was it? Oh, my God. It's No, well, I'm saying that she was the same age as Olivia is now when she made that album with her brother. Because I right. think that was her first album. I think the other ones and were so, And same with, like, Lord and, like, Pure Heroine. But, but and... that's what I was going to say. Lord was 14 when she made Pure Heroine. So I think that... I, do I think that uh, Sour is up to par creatively, lyrically? With those? No. no don't I do. smile, that's don't why smile I think... at me was her EP, Billie Eilish, with, like, I don't want yeah, to be more my boy copycat. Yeah, that was her EP, that wasn't her first yeah, 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 yeah. album. And so I think, that's why I think, like, when Olivia's third album, I will be really interested to hear that. <laughs> In terms, no, right now, kind of like listening how... to Sour, I'm like, this is a great mid-level, a clearly pop album, clearly written by a 17-year-old yeah, like, who is a Swifty fan. And... Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the other thing is with rock, Willow Smith just put out a rock. When you listen to Transparent Soul by Willow, and then you try and listen to the quote unquote rock songs on the sour, they sound like a Claire's version of but that's because she's making rock songs. Making, it it but sounds watered pop. down. It doesn't sound but that's genuine she's to pop. me and it doesn't I know it's pop, but it's not good. Pop doesn't mean watered down. Pop doesn't mean I feel like you are yeah, selling like, something Yeah, Brutal is, is definitely, like, a rock song, you know? Like, like and so it's, like, no, Brutal, you. oh, I, I hate it. I hated Brutal. And I, I, no. That's because she talks I, about being a kid in it, and you don't like when kids yeah. talk about being a kid. Like, you, no, you like, you I like mean, when Taylor Swift talks about, like, her childhood and her teenage years and stuff, whatever, but that's because she's, like, an adult looking back on it. But yeah. she's in the midst of it and writing about it. But that's just your own taste. That's and I, like, yeah, I, I, but I know, that's why I said I don't, I don't think that this, like, this was not, not that I think that, like, all music should be made for me or I have this, like, amazing outland, outlandish music taste, but I, I I it just it sounds like a mid pop album. In a mid pop album there are obviously going to be songs that I I'm okay with and songs that I there's no song on this that I like love where I'm like okay this is one song. There are songs that I'm like oh if this is on someone's playlist I'm not going to say anything if it comes off. And then there's a a good half of the album that I'm just like I will not be going out of my way to listen to this 
any moment. I, and You're like, actually crazy because yeah. when I tweeted my sour ranking and Brutal is at number six, everyone's in the comments being like, Brutal deserves better. Why is Brutal so low? Why is Brutal so, so low? And I think that kind of shows. Oh, Brutal is my number six. But there's like a line of like, these are the songs that I'm okay with. And then this is the line. And Brutal is my, like. That's like the, that and below are the is, are the songs you're not going to listen to? Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I feel like I would, this like the skips on this, like if, unless I'm in a particular mood, I wouldn't listen to like driver's license or, or like, um, uh. Uh, like favorite crime. I like driver's license only for that one, like the bridge. I don't know. If, yeah, where it like sounds like choiring stuff, and like you, like once I hear that dodon, like before I'm like, oh, okay, that part's really cool. So I, I like, I'm like, oh, okay, I know that that's coming up. But I all think the that's the thing where that's not before. I'm like, oh, I think the, I so think boring. her. I think her bridges are what really show that Taylor Swift influence. Like the way, like the emotional peak of the song being like towards that like two thirds like element and like where she has those. And the thing is that people aren't saying that her music sounds like Taylor Swift. They're saying, people are saying that her music like lyrically is very much taken yeah. from that, which I, which is true. I think. Yeah, I, think I, I agree with that, but I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't but think I also it think the way that like strong. now people don't people don't people don't stream Taylor Swift's debut album really the way that they stream all her other albums, mm-hmm. uh, and I think like if you think this album is like a mid pop album, then I feel like the same way that people who thought that like Taylor Swift's country album was like not real country or like not or like not. Well, no, I don't think I remember when like when Fearless. Taylor's version came out and it was like after like the like folklore evermore and then yeah, yeah, Taylor's yeah, yeah. version and I, I remember like the night that it came out I tweeted I was like I think this is really gonna show how much Taylor's writing has evolved because like we just heard her latest album and now we're hearing one of her earlier ones yeah yeah, yeah. and it's really gonna show like how much stronger of a writer she's become over the course yeah. of and her like, career. Yeah, and, like, no one's really and looking I... forward to her re-recording of her debut, like, self-titled yeah. album, which I think is, like, that's really funny. Because... And, like, <laughs> because... but I, like, I stand by that, and, again, that's why I think Olivia's only gonna get better with time, and she's, she, like, it's not a bad pop album. If she started with a bad pop, pop album, I'll be like, I'll see you in 10 years. But it's, like, she's starting at mid-level. That's perfectly fine. Her I music think just makes me want that... to be friends with her. Like, I just want to be, like, besties Ugh. with her. I just want to be her friend so bad. Because I feel like, I just, like, I just feel like I'm, like, wow. Like, I, you like, you have, you're so cool. I feel like she's, like, especially, okay, that's why Jealousy, Jealousy is one of my favorite songs by her. Because I'm, like, the, the kind of what she's talking about in the song, I'm, like, wow. It's, like, this is such a, it's such, like, a coming of age feeling of being, like, wow, like, why is everyone else so much cooler than me? And I'm just trying to be like them. And I feel like this whole album really, it, like, is really kind of what shows that. It's it, it, The whole album is a delivery of, wow, like, I think these people are so cool and I want to be like them. And, like, that's yeah, what I, I don't so care like. to listen. She can say that and she does say it and I, I'm bored. Yeah, that's bo- that's because that's because you're uh, you're ins- you are brutal. You're insane. You're crazy. Because I will be streaming this album. I don't care. I think it's so good. Like I just think I every time I listen to Traitor or um, Happier, I like oh I hated up. that one. 
Okay, I think I think we should the fact go. That you I should, hated I that? think like, we should. You're insane. Do you not hear Frank, how insane It's tied you are? for my least you're favorite song insane. in the entire album. It's, it's tied for the bottom. I have two songs at the very bottom, and I don't. I think I'm gonna get a lot. Even of the songs that I don't like on, or that are like low ranking on this are not songs that I would be like, oh, I would never want to listen to that again. It's just songs that I'm like, mm, this. I don't really. I don't really like the beat. I don't really think it's that fun. There's but like four there's... songs that I actively hate. Like it's not like oh, it's no. like not even like oh, like oh no. neutral. It's like no, I actively hate. Okay, because when songs. Good for You came out and I was streaming it on repeat, you were like, I just don't even. I just think it's like mm, it's just fine. Like you stupid yeah. bitch, you are so stupid and wrong for that. That's so no. wrong of you. That's so wrong. How can you? I not think like I think it's so a mid. Like I was thinking. Okay, when I was listening to the album, I was like, if I was like driving. And because I don't have like Bluetooth or an aux in my car. So I was like, if I was driving and this came on the radio station, would I just, would I be like, oh, okay, I don't mind sitting like through this song and like listening to it? Or would I be like, on God, what, like, please God, on any other station, is there a better song? And that's how, that's how I rank these songs, is how likely it would be to change the station. If I, like, against my will, I could not look at my phone and I was listening to my local radio station because that's what this album sounds like it sounds like an album for a, a local radio station yeah but you would can I say that about skip. any Taylor Swift album but that's yeah no I know but the thing is, is that I'm not gonna skip any of Taylor Swift songs because I like her and her lyricism <laughs> and I can't say the same thing you for just don't Rodrigo. like it when young people are good at things and that is no I love it no trait. because I love Lord I love Chloe and Haley I love Billie Eilish yes but they're not I love the beginning now. of Taylor Swift I love my Miley Cyrus when I was younger there's a bunch of young artists that I really like I she's just not one of them I, yeah, I that's really you're appreciate young talented well. artists yeah 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 whatever you just don't think she's like remaking the wheel but that's the thing i don't think artists do have to i don't think artists have to do anything i need to do i but that's what you're that's that's the level to which you're comparing this music to that's that's what you're that's why that's why you're justifying not liking it by being like oh it's not like i didn't say that there are four songs that i do actively hate but that's just because like i said at the beginning of this None of this was, I'm not the target demographic for any of this. Yeah, because you're evil. So these are yeah. opinions for what are people your, what outside are your of that demographic. Songs? What are your four hater songs? I'm going to get so, no, I want to go through the entire ranking. Do you have, we can say. Yeah, I've had my list up. I've had okay. it So have I. I've had it up this entire time. Okay. So the song that I, I think this is just TikTok brainwashing, but the one that I, I'm like, okay, like, if this came on the radio, I'd probably, like, sing along to the chorus. It's Deja Vu. That's at the top. Yeah. I I think that's a cute, campy song. That's that's the one that I I like the most. Deja Vu's at number two for me. Okay, my number, what's your number one? Good for you, obviously. Okay, so our number ones and twos are flipped, because my number two is good for you. Oh, great. Okay. What's so so far at the top? We we see we have the same taste for our top two, right? right and right, honestly, right. those those are those could be flipped for me. Those are like about the same. The I same. just think yeah, Deja I, Vu I is a bit like more in the genre that I typically like, so I think that's why I have that as number one. But both of those I thought were interesting. Same yeah, level. no, I prefer Good for You more than Deja Vu because do you get deja vu like like i feel like the mm-hmm. more pop ballady element of deja vu 
is like that's not I just prefer how good for you is just more fueled by like rage than nostalgia um so yeah yeah so I um I thought both of those had like the verses were fine to listen to the story and like the plot of both of those songs didn't make me want to crawl out of my skin I was happy with that um what's your third traitor okay my third is happier honestly I couldn't tell you what I remember about that song but I think I was like I think is that one a ballad I think that was like the ballad that I like the most yeah happier is a ballad it's yeah yeah happier is number five but the thing is is that happier is one of those songs that like the reason why it's number five on my list isn't because is like we haven't gotten to our number fives we'll get i know but that's what i'm saying happier is my number five okay well number three is traitor because traitor is one of her more angry songs that i like i just love songs about being angry and hating and being a hater Mm -hmm. i love to be a hater and i love to be like you're like i don't even know who this is directed to because i like who am i like i don't don't think it's directed towards anyone i think it's kind of when taylor swift just like writes pieces like writes stories that one like i I really i feel like it does have joshua bassett vibes like it does have it does it does fit into the storyline of like oh now he's dating this like blonde girl and like who's like I couldn't give two shits about any of them I'm sure they're nice lovely teenagers but zero parasocial relationship developing could well, not me neither, but I think within the context of this album it's not that I it's not that like I feel like not that I really care about the drama and the love triangle entanglement it's just that like it's I feel like it's part of the album it's tied to it in terms of both the marketing for it and like within the storyline of it which is why like I I just instinctively connected to that and I also connected to like everyone being like wow this makes me think this makes me get angry at my ex from six years ago who I don't even care about and I'm like yeah that's fair like I I feel like that does it that does engage that emotion within within me but yeah what's my number four is jealousy jealousy my number four is that's my number five um, my number four is driver's license, but again, really just for that bridge. That bridge, the the rest of the song, I'm like, this is like a mid song because we're we're getting towards the middle. But the bridge is really what bumps it up to like number what is mm. this number four? Yeah. Because I I like I props or props are due. I really I thought whoever like in the studio, whoever the producer was on that when they got to that part. Um, I thought that was good. And I also think the song starting with the sound of a car, I think I watched an interview where she talked about like recording the sound of like the car beeps at the beginning. I just think they're really cool details that again, prove that like her albums are only going to keep getting better. Yeah, I can't wait wait till she works with like different producers. Like I wonder like if she worked with like Jack Antonoff, oh my God, that album would be so insane. Like it'd be so good because like- I Well, that's because Jack Antonoff makes good albums. Like he's a good music producer. But what I'm saying is that like with her particularly and also because, you know, because she has that like Taylor Swift like influence and vibe. Like I feel like, and also because- I feel like the people who are producing and mixing her songs, uh, not good. She needs to find other people. Like, get a bet, get a better music production team, please. Because besides a couple songs off this album, I'm like, these, this, there are more creative ways that a lot of these songs could have been mixed. I feel, but um, my number five. But also, is, this is her first album, and yeah, you know, no, she doesn't have Phineas as my... her brother or 
her, her musician mm. belt. Yeah. No, my number yeah. five is happier, as we already talked about. What's your number five? My number five, I lost count of where we were. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, my number five is jealousy, jealousy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. I put in parentheses towards the ones that I didn't like. I put parentheses to spe- to make notes because I knew I was going to forget most of them. And for jealousy, jealousy, I just put boring. Like, boring really? to listen to. I, I I found myself, like, checking out and being like, wait, I need to listen to this song to, like, Huh. like listen because and I, I I really resonated with jealousy jealousy like on an emotional level but that's probably just because you're empty inside so you have an air man. no I just think it's because I don't experience jealousy <laughs> yeah that's why you're insane that's your that's your Gemini moon once again I'm telling you I think I, I I mean like I think you know everyone experiences but I don't like it's not like a main emotion like it's not something that I get like hung up on it's like if I see someone who like looks a certain way that I wish I'd looked or whatever I'd be like oh like something to aspire to or like if someone is you know like everyone is like has wants to you know or sees people who like inspire what they want but I one I found the song boring like I found it boring to listen to I found the story in the song boring and also I just don't relate I I even if I well the reason why you find it boring is because you don't relate yeah but also no but there's best friend's husband but i don't think that um what's the taylor nobody song? no crime yeah nobody crime. no crime was born like there's songs I, I don't i mean there's songs about straight relationships all the time that i don't find boring that i'm not gonna relate to there there are a couple i well adele was one I'm of my favorite that, artists like, the, and, I, like, and i streamed I know, but I'm 19 that, and 21 the, all the time in middle school and i had never even had a relationship well, I, I, well obviously but i'm saying that you don't relate to this song not in ter- you, you don't relate to the song on an emotional level which is what like which is what this because with other with the songs that you're talking about with like oh yeah like i'm not in a straight i'm not never gonna be in a straight relationship and i don't really like I, you know i i've never experienced you know partying all night when i'm in fifth grade or whatever but the vibes yeah. and like the reason why you relate to that song and the reason why you like it a lot is because like the the underlying emotion that's there is like you know like love or longing or wanting to like be free and like dance and, you know but like if this song which is this song is boring to you because it's like ultimately about something that if you haven't experienced then like that's just not what you're gonna but i also thought like when i was like listening to the song and looking at the lyrics i thought the lyrics were boring like i thought it was the yeah, way it was written because, that's was boring you're, you're you have issues because i experience i experienced a lot of jealousy as like growing up and i feel like that's i feel like it's a very normal emotion in terms of your like in terms of coming to age and being like wow why are, these people are so much cooler than me and that's insane like i wish i could be like them like i feel like that was that really defined my younger years so that which is why mm-hmm. like i that it's it's in my top five so what's your number six and number six, I have brutal in parentheses. I do not like this. Number six is my is brutal, and I do like it. I think there are some lyrics and there are some elements of them, of it that I'm like, oh, this is kind of cringy. But I but I'm also just like relatable because I'm also this is cringy. this is our tipping point. So jealousy. It's not that I didn't like it. I just thought it was boring. Like it like it, there no vitriol. No, oh my gosh, I hate this song. To me, it's just boring. Brutal is. It was okay to listen to, like it was more upbeat. It wasn't one of the ballads, but I just didn't like it. From here on out, these are songs that are like not, I did not enjoy. So just okay. warning for you and for the listeners, because you really like this album, so you don't have that tipping point. <laughs> so this is 
where it's gonna differ I think the most so yeah my number seven is hope you're okay that's my number eight ours our lists aren't that different my number seven is favorite crime in parentheses I put boring and I do not like it so it's a mix of the previous two yeah, comments number I, favorite crime is my number 11 also because I'm like yeah this is kind of boring and I'm not I don't really vibe with it but because I don't find the other songs boring or not vibe with me it was, that's why I kind of mm-hmm. went there but my number eight is one step forward three steps back my number eight is hope you are okay gotcha uh number and, nine and this is this is the beginning of the four that I actively do not like. So I, Why don't you I did like not Hope like You're Okay? Probably I just didn't like it with the stronger emotion than Brutal or Favorite Crime. Like, all of these is just me. It's generally me just it's not a le- liking the It's the, the level of vitriol you have towards Yeah, me. yeah. It's the, the, <laughs> the level of dislike is just getting stronger from here on out. There's nothing really in particular. It's just, mm. it's, it wasn't a song written for people, like, for me like in a sense of like my music history and it shows that I just number do not like it. Number nine for me is driver's license. My number nine is enough for you. That's my number Ooh. ten. I did not like that song. Why? Okay. I don't understand. The sentiment. What's, the sentiment. The, the story. Hate? Like that idea of like oh I wish I was enough for you or will I ever be enough for you or that. It it doesn't. It's not something that I I like listening to, and that it was not something that I relate to. You're literally. It's so that's so stupid because like the feeling of not being enough. Like I I like it is it is relatable to me because as a Capricorn Moon, I'm. I don't think it's not relatable. Like in general, I'm not like oh why did she like do this? Like there are so many songs about this feeling. It's just that's not something that I relate to or want to listen to. Yeah, whatever. Okay, my number 11, as I said before, favorite crime. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the bottom, I have tied for two, and these both parentheses have actively hate, and I'm really disappointed, but the two are traitor and three steps forward, one step back. Oh, interesting. No, because I, I love traitor, and I love, I, I do think one step forward, three steps back is, I also enjoy, and I also really relate to it. Wait, I, I think, think you got the numbers been, mixed up. You've just never been in a situation where you, like, pine after a person that, like, doesn't, like, care about you, or, like, or, like, know you exist, which this I is think, true. yes, which I think is very evil of you. Like, I, think I mean, I have in the terms of, like, I've had, like, celebrity crushes and, like, yes, in middle but school, I mean, like, like after, but never somewhere, like, life. that I go to school with or that, like, could possibly know me personally. In California, in the suburbs with idiots, like, as most of us can't yeah. relate. Most of us are surrounded by people who, who make us feel like we're not enough, not in a way of how they treat us necessarily, but just because of who they are. And you've always thought of yourself as the most cool, interesting person within your space. No! Not that it's I don't I don't give time to people that I think are not like the thing is that there there's certainly I know that there are people that I went to school with 
who like did not like me, probably hated having classes with me, didn't care about what I had to say, didn't care about my fucking yeah, nerdy but or is, is annoying that, comments. Those, but the thing is, is that I I don't about. care about those people. Like I never yeah, felt like either. I'm like oh my god, why they not? It's not. It's not that. It's, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that these this music isn't about those people who like actively don't. It's like people who you've been involved with who are no longer involved with you because they're like you feel like they're not you know you're trying to take one step forward in the relationship but then everything they do is like three steps back and because you've never been within within a relationship that is that like yeah that like makes you feel that way which you know yeah. I guess that's your life like that's what you've experienced whatever like <laughs> then then like yeah what you're not gonna relate to it you're not gonna be like wow this yeah. resonates. but for a lot of people it but does, I also like I why. it's but it's big the thing is is that if my only issue if if that if my only issue with the song was that it was like oh I lack that experience then it would be towards the middle where jealousy jealousy is that's in the middle of the pack the thing is, is that I don't like the story, the story I don't well like the, the way that the lyrics are written I don't like the way that it's mixed I like I, I don't like the actual like sound of those songs because yeah, because okay. if I didn't have it then I, then I wouldn't actually hate it. I'd be like oh, okay this is just like whatever. These two songs, I'm like, they should have been. And the thing is, is that three steps forward, one step back is like the, the it's like brainchild of all three of them. Back, and oh I God. remember when I listened to it, I'm like, wait, I think this might be the one. This would be so disappointing if this is the one that I hated the most. And I like listened to it. I was like, okay, just like listen, like let's recollect ourselves. And no, it's true. I I didn't like that song a lot. Like, I, yeah many active negative emotions towards that song so okay so yeah uh we went over our time for discussing this by like 50, 25 minutes but you know that, we did that, that this, this, that's that's fine nothing new on this on this show no. um so the next part of this podcast is where we discuss oh i don't think at the beginning of the podcast this episode we talked about the structure of the show typically it's we discuss a hot take this hot take this month or sorry this week was sour uh and our thoughts on it and renaissance being a hater me being a lover as usual aries cancer etc i'm not and a hater i just you don't... are a hater you're my no. hater and you hate the things that i love so it's a double it's a double shot to the chest and it's no on it's it's how many times i'm when i because i'm editing the episode this week i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna count how many times i say that i'm not a hater and i don't actually hate. i think it is a mid <laughs> Love like mid half of the album I think is fine half of the the album I don't like I think her third album I think in a couple of years she's gonna release a great pop album that's going to like be her thing and I'm gonna be like this she is on the map this is what's happening and right now I think all of these are songs that are I'm gonna see on TikTok against my will for several months and move on it's, okay, none of these whatever. songs are going on any of my playlists and that's just where it's at for right now but yeah. it was fine again that's why i'm saying that's that's the hater behavior i'm observing so anyway so the next part of our podcast is talking about a piece of media that we both consumed together which i guess you know overlaps with this album but it's different because uh this part is usually one where we have like s- similar opinions and takes on uh and then our third part of this podcast is recommending to each other uh media and whatever so this week 
I mean, for the past couple of weeks, we've been, we read this book. Well, I've already read this book. It's called Fortune Favors mm-hmm. the Dead by Stephen Spotswood. But I made Renaissance read this book in the past few weeks, which they did. Um, and so we're going to discuss that. But we're also going to discuss a movie that we watched last night together called Jennifer's Body. So yeah. our fans, you know, you're going to love it. Uh, so This episode you- is dedicated to Teo, our Twitter mutual, yes. who is like is very kissing their pants about for this episode jennifer's body which is her favorite movie i think but anyway so with fortune favors the dead i already recommended this pod i already recommended this on another episode of our podcast so the synopsis has is already out there and you know dear listener you need to listen to all our podcast episodes or else you're a hater uh so <laughs> so you, you should already know about it but my general thoughts on this book I gave it five stars on Goodreads I'm pretty sure I think maybe four I don't remember but anyway this book I just really enjoyed because it has this quirky mystery feel that's like it's talking about like murder and whatever but it's also like funny and lighthearted in a lot of ways and it's also very queer in a lot of ways that are really important to the storyline uh and the plot um and it's also like historical which I love settings I love when books can give give you or like media can give you the feel of the era that it's supposed to be in like I just love that and I think that's one of the things about this book that I really enjoyed and I think that I also just loved our characters being so dynamic uh, and so interesting as as people who are solvers of crime doers of crime accomplices in crime like I just I think it's cool and I like it yes I listened um Sunny has recommended me like several books um because once I got the this is non-spawn but the Libby app and got like a digital library card and stuff I was like okay I can start listening to the books that Sunny has been like recommending me and and recommends on their booktube channel and so this was one of them that I was able to check out and listen to and I I was it's a camp little gay little (laughs) little book the narrator is like a lesbian but a twink at the same time which I really yes. appreciate and this kind of like I think she's canonically 1940s bisexual. pardon I think she's canonically bisexual I mean character I think she says that she is oh is she um, yeah I think she says like oh I don't really care about people's gender I just cook up with whomever in in the book I think she says that towards the beginning but the oh, I don't remember that but also like I when you listen in parts and like the way that I do, like I barely remember what I previously. Yeah, listened yeah, to. that's also your issue. Not under, not not even remembering the songs that we're discussing and what they actually sound yeah. like, and not even remembering. <laughs> yeah, the, the information. This is this is why you like TV and I don't is because the information retainment ability within within TV. Like it's like every episode you're refilling. Well, no, I. I well that's no that's why I've gotten away from TV is first of all I have ADHD like if I'm not a hundred percent present or if it's not a hyperfixation or I'm not like forcing myself it I will never remember even if I say I'm like Renaissance don't forget this I will forget this interesting but yeah that's not how that's, my but that's why I like ADHD movies manifests. it's because movies I remember things that I don't always, even want to remember anyway I always look up the runtime of the movies that I watch so I know how long I need to like pay attention no every time I go to the movies with my film bro uh ADHD friend who who's in who's like a local who 
whom I hang out with, <laughs> she always leaves at a titular point in the movie to go pee and like have like a Twitter break and like leaves for like 10 minutes or like 15 minutes, comes back and is like, what happened? And we're like at another point of the movie and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, girl. And she's like, oh, you just, I just have, I have ADHD. Like I can't sleep in the whole, like I, I can't. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, fair, but also it makes, it, it makes, it's hard to have a viewing experience and have to explain it to you as more things are happening on the <laughs> like progressively forgetting the things that are happening while also trying to consume the things that are happening in front of you at that moment like you know it's it's pretty fun well, i i miss the movie theater so much uh, uh, watching a movie in the movie theater it has to be a very enthralling like i have to be like sucked in and like forget where i am and that's be like I, removed from my, my physical experience. body and just completely like when the speakers are like in my brain and the screen is so big in front of me. Yeah, it's like, just, like very immersive. Yeah, and then sometimes I'll snap out of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't checked my Twitter. Like, what if I got a text? And I'm like actively fight it. I'm like, don't check it, don't check it, don't oh check my it, God. don't check it. And I have to be like, I was like, go back in. <laughs> and have oh to, like, my God. Like, no, like, yeah. I mean, I, 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 do, I do like when movies can be immersive in that way, but I feel like most movies for me are inherently very immersive experiences. And like, I think a movie, a movie theater experience that was very much like that, very transportational for me was definitely like The Favorite uh, or Roma or um, uh, what else have I seen in theaters that really transported me to a different place? Like Miseducation of Cameron Post, like I, there's so many reasons that I, that I was just like on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like if, even if I had to pee, I would not get up to go because I didn't, I just didn't want to miss anything. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, with Fortune Favors the Dead, we really, I, I think we, I mean, what, how many stars did you rate it on Goodreads if you did? I think I rated it five. Gotcha. I rate it lower than four. Um, right, right. But I, th- I think you rated it five just because it, it's fun to listen to. Yeah, I'm it's sure just a fun if, you, if you have a physical copy, it's yeah. fun to like read. Um, the voice actress for like the audiobook version was She's like, really good. Super, it's really good. Yeah, it's, it was just really it's good, good super fun to listen to. The story and like the plot twist and the way things unfold is like fun to listen to as a, as yeah. a listener or a reader. And the kind of the kind of romantic b-plot subplot yeah. that becomes more and more important like it starts out it's just like a couple of things and yeah like the way that that all grows and yeah and it's definitely the, very interesting. the role that like women have and yeah. you know yeah. men being dumb I love really smart women and dumb men and yeah. stories and so it's satisfied exactly that. Yeah, and like this is this is a continuation of our BBC Sherlock shame shame phase of like because it is a story about two people who are both of the same gender, uh, kind of exploring with like ambiguous or or queer sexualities, kind of taught like. But did yeah. I tell you I used to hate um like John Locke theories? But did oh, I really? tell you like yeah? No, you didn't. But that was because I really identified with okay I shouldn't say really identified but like okay we have talked before that I loved Irene Adler oh, so I think like that episode of Irene and yes and, <laughs> and so because Sherlock. I saw myself as Sherlock and I loved Irene Adler and I didn't have those feelings towards John because I'm a lesbian and like I liked John I was like but they're best friends in the way that I would me renaissance the lesbian would want to be friends with john but i have no romantic feelings for john and because i really saw myself as a sherlock in my cringy middle school days 
I I didn't like John Locke's series because I'm just like, but what about Irene Adler? Like she had her tits out that entire time. Are we going to ignore that a hot lady just had her tits out the entire time? And so that's really what that came down to. And then now being older, knowing that I'm gay, I'm like, oh, John. But because I, I have no attraction to men and I don't really identify gender wise with men, like, Right. Uh, men loving men relationships have like they've never had that like spark in the way that like mm. super who lock or whatever was full with <laughs> full of that men yeah, loving for sure. men. yeah yeah and I think the th- the reason why this book really resonates is because like it it doesn't like because the relationship in it isn't between the two people solving the crime mm-hmm. uh it's it's not like the partnership that's going on there that's not the it's a really fundamental relationship to the story, but it's not the romantic plot, and it's that's what makes it more interesting. Like I think you see, being... I thought it was, and because oh. is it is have I said on the podcast I like milfs, like famous milfs, like actresses. I don't go after like moms. No, because that's like, the thing. The actual because our main character in the book Willow Willow Jean is like the assistant to the to the detective, and the detective is like a milf in this book. Yeah, and so I thought it, I thought there's gonna be like milf, like <laughs> lesbian who loves milf representation, and it turns out she's not a lesbian, and she doesn't fall in love with the milf. So I was like, okay, but it was still a fun camp story. So exactly, it's I think you know, when really I finished highly. I, I was reading, I was listening to the audiobook. I was listening to the audiobook. Uh, last year towards in like December maybe uh and I I feel like reading this book in winter is like really good because it's just like a cozy mystery that I really enjoy but um after I finished listening to the audiobook of that I immediately started listening to it again because I was like oh my god I just love this world I want to be in it again I and I love the writing and I just want to experience it again and like re re-experience it and like so like after I finished Fortune Favors the Dead I couldn't I had such a book hangover with that book because I like just had to I couldn't let it go I just had to keep on listening to it again and again because I was like oh I just love this part oh my gosh I love I love how and I think the like the framing device of the story is also really interesting and it's also what kind of reminds me of like Sherlock as well because like when I was a kid and going through my Sherlock phase I was also like I read a lot of the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle stories and like read the original text a lot and listened to a lot of those stories like on Spotify and stuff um and I think that you know in the in the original like Sherlock Holmes stories the adventures of Sherlock Holmes uh, it's all written in like a in in Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Watson being like so one time me and me and Sherlock were doing this and one time we had a case that was really interesting and this book is also structured like that because our main character Willow is like talking about like so you know I need to tell you guys a story but the story is kind of wild and also I don't really know what's going on and so then she described like the framing device is like at the beginning we get the okay I'm gonna tell you the story and then the whole book is the story and at the end of the book she's like yeah so I regret some things but also that was kind of fun and like that was cool like I just love when books can do that and I think that's that's the commonality between that and Jennifer's body which we're going to talk about where like Jennifer and Jennifer's body our initial the initial shot and the initial kind of setting is like oh this girl is at a mental asylum that's so crazy wow but she's this in a prison oh, it's yeah. not a mental asylum it's a prison really oh, okay she's in a prison she's that's crazy uh she and then she tells us the story of what happened and what uh, what led up to that and then at the very end of the movie we get we go back to the place that she was at and then there's like a i i think i went in to watching jennifer's body with 
really high expectations high expectations and I just don't think I fully understood like what I thought I had picked up of what the story was from like the timeline and seeing it on social media websites and just being gay online I thought I had an understanding of the story and then when we watched it I kept on waiting for what I thought the story was going to be to start and it never did I just did I I didn't like what I thought it was was not what it was this isn't making any sense but anyways it was good I feel like I should rewatch it though I was talking about this with my friends today we were all talking about Jennifer's body and we were all like screaming about it (laughs) we were all like oh yeah um and we were all like we need to watch it together (laughs) we need to say it again I'm like yes it's I mean it's true it is a it is a very rewatchable movie I feel it's like one of those movies that's like every time you watch it you're like oh I love that part or like oh that part is so interesting yeah uh yeah I have an affinity for 2000s movies about teenagers because I was a kid in the 2000s, obviously, and I watched a lot of movies about teenagers. Like, when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was John Tucker Must Die. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've seen that movie. They name drop Aquamarine, which that is more of a kid's movie than John Tucker Must Die, but... Like, I, I just watched a lot of movies about teen... Mean Girls is another great one. And so this definitely fell into, like, a comfort genre for me mm-hmm. in that way. Um, I have heard, like, I knew a lot that it was, like, misrepresented. And even on Letterboxd, because there's a very important detail of the movie. And that is that Jennifer is not a cheerleader. She's on the flag team because the point of Jennifer is not that she's like super popular in a way that's like Regina George-esque or Cher-esque in Clueless. But it's just that she's hot. She's able to utilize her conventional hotness to like make, like lure these men in. But she's not popular. She's not the queen bee. Yeah. And on Letterbox for the summary of the book, they call her a cheerleader when it's like very important that she's not a cheerleader, which I thought was interesting that like even to this day what this movie is still gets misrepresented. Yeah. Because um, there's there's so much content out there that kind of describes how how Jennifer's body was so mis misdirected in its marketing because I remember when I was a kid and this movie was released I was just like um I was just kind of puzzled because I was just like is this a teen movie like why is it so like sexual like why are these girls being so sexualized (laughs) and why is is that the appeal and because it was very much being like teenage boys come watch this movie because there's hot women in it and you should watch it but it's like like the movie itself is not something that services the male gaze because it's directed and written by a woman and it and it's like it's all about women and their relationships with to each other uh and but so like men watching this movie and them being targeted as like the target audience in its marketing and stuff was it's just a really silly mistake on their end because if it got the mean girls treatment in terms of its marketing of like teenage girls this is all about you or like teenagers in general this is about this is your story it's about your lives and what's so the dramatics of that if it if it was marketed more so of that and as a horror movie and like as a comedy horror like it i feel like it just wouldn't the legacy of it and the way that people like view it and watch it now and even back then like would have just been so different and would have been so so much more 
nuanced and like way better because this movie is about girls by girls for girls you know like (laughs) it's it's by girls girls. and by girls literally like it's for the girls and the gays like and I think this is a a lighter this is less of a a critique a intellectual critique but I find it so funny that Amanda Seyfried Seyfried however you say her last like the ugly girl of the friendship and it's yeah because she's so Amanda beautiful Seyfried. in every way like i'm like she's one of the most gorgeous actresses like ever, ever. and she's yeah. like the ugly friend like, i mean it's it's laughable it's like how in like anne hathaway in that one movie like why do you, yeah, why is she in, ugly because she Wars has curly Prada. hair oh my glasses gosh. i recently rewatched um the devil wears Prada, which was also another favorite childhood movie of mine and She's, like, the quote-unquote fat character and ugly character of that movie. And every time they would, like, point it out, like, I mean, her clothing was kind of bad. But, like... It's, like, intentional. Like, the 2000s? Critiquing her, like, physical features. I'm, like, that's Anne Hathaway. Like, you know, like, like they're... It, it's it's very funny. Um, no, for sure. And like, women were just not allowed to be ugly in movies in at all. Way. I mean, they're still not, but yeah. like, yeah, it's so it's so funny to yes. me. Yes, and it, like the I feel like the range of what is considered conventional beauty has kind of extended a little bit. Not that that's like a good or bad thing, but yeah. uh, for nowadays in in like the two thousand tens and twenties. But look, yeah, like because the two thousands like beauty trends and expectations for women genuinely so insane like the oh, the amount insane. of very it's just like I don't know looking back I'm like damn like of course everyone has body issues now because the way that women who weren't size fucking twos were treated in media and in the tabloids and in in like castings of movies and how they were written and stuff was just so yeah Megan I don't know Fox and I think like wearing low-rise jeans in this movie with like the crop top oh first of all I'm like where are any of your organs first off like yeah, literally. There, there's no evidence that she has a uterus like just <laughs> in the shape of her abdomen I'm like where yeah like it's what? puzzling it's it, like and like I was just like but then I was like yes of course like now we know that oh like that's Megan Fox that's what she looks like and people have all different bodies and stuff like that but looking back and then remembering that she was like the standard for beauty of the 2000s and then like imagine being like a normal person and thinking that if you're bigger than Megan Fox in this movie that you are like bigger than the ideal weight or anything I'm just like that is crazy and even in that Amanda Seyfried is the ugly character so like if you don't look like Amanda Seyfried you're even uglier than an ugly character and that's so wild no it definitely is like I also think that um in the movie one of the lines is like when Amanda Seyfried to you know needy goes tells Jennifer like you use laxatives to stay skinny or whatever. Like, in one of them, yeah. I was just like, oh my god. There were so many lines in this movie that, like, are objectively, like, problematic, but also just, like, such a realistic portrayal of what being a young person was in in the 2000s. Uh, like, like it, it, it was so, it was, like, 
jarring almost kind of seeing the way that people would I, it's kind of similar to like the divines in that way when we were talking about we were talking about that with Ellie Eaton in our last yeah. episode where it was like how how like fucked up and problematic <laughs> the way that like in in how kids treated each other and in the kind of like standards and expectations they had for themselves and for other people that was like just constantly reinforced in every element of the media they consumed and just like how they the flippant ways they interacted with each other yeah it like i sorry just you're right and i agree I have to say that I need this to be on record. The boyfriend is so ugly and they should have hired any other actor to play <laughs> His the boyfriend. fucking haircut? God, so I know that was like the norm for guys, but I needed it to be different on <laughs> every level. Yeah. Um, hated the boyfriend. And I think what you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, this boyfriend is annoying or getting in the way or is it obviously as conventionally attractive as the two best friends, Needy and Jennifer, but it still still went on me, still hated it, still wish that yeah, it was very irksome. any other person. Or just a haircut. If, if he could have just gotten Literally. a haircut. I sound like an old person who was like old in the 2000s being like, why don't these boys get a haircut? But it's true. Cry about it. He needed a haircut. Literally. So desperately. Such a desperate need for a haircut. What do you oh think God. about this movie being seen as like uh, really popular in like sapphic spaces? I feel like it makes a lot of sense, uh, and because we're—I mean, with my friends today, when we were talking with my when I was talking with my Hold friends, on. Today, I cannot hear you. Hello, 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 hello. So we were talking about Jennifer's body and in queer spaces and sapphic spaces. And yeah, how it's I see. Like, yeah, you know, this <laughs> being considered a sapphic yeah. staple. Oh wait. Oh, you're recording. Okay, good. Um, I I was talking to the I was talking about this with my other friends who are also like sapphic, and they were talking. We were we were saying like, they were like, oh my god, the gay scenes, <laughs> the gay scenes, <laughs> and they're like freaking out about that. Um, and I think like those those moments of just like the the like the gay closeness throughout, and also like that's the other thing that I think is a connecting line in all of our episodes and in discussing the queerness of girlhood in Taylor Swift and the queerness of girlhood in the Divines and whatever is that like like <laughs> this this movie I feel like every is another... best friendship is gay. The thesis <laughs> of this the theme of ladies, the podcast ladies is it oh gay to God. have friends and the answer is <laughs> it's yes. literally gay to have friends like we need it's to talk gay about to it have friends. <laughs> if no, you have yeah. a best friend that you've known for any considerable amount of time it is gay it's gay it's gay af uh yeah <laughs> yeah common law gay marriage common law indeed indeed so yeah i mean i think that that childhood besties to lovers <laughs> enemies it's the it's the childhood besties to enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers pipeline yeah (laughs) in this i think it's just so funny and i think it it makes a lot of sense as to why it's so like it is a cult classic in the like sapphic film community It, it just makes a lot of sense um and you know i respect it like whatever i don't really care i don't know do you have a podcast is really out of me as someone who doesn't have really common experiences because I've never fallen in love with one of my best friends as a gay person which I feel like Mm. is a really common like sapphic experience to 
like develop romantic relationships for a best friend and I feel like if you if you if if you've gone through that and have that experience and you're queer then this movie like really hits Mm -hmm. and I obviously really loved watching this movie and I I could easily watch it like at 10 different sleepovers with a group of friends like it's very fun but it doesn't hit on like on the way that I think people go feral for this movie Uh uh-huh because I, I don't understand the Again, the you trend. just haven't had the gay experiences. Yeah. In that I, way. I didn't have the experiences that would Olivia Rodrigo's album. I didn't have the experience that I think would have So you're disappointing Teo is what we're, was what I'm hearing. You're a disappointment to Teo. I'm so sorry. No, but I do love this movie. It is one of my favorites. I rated it four stars. So, and I, I would watch it again. I just, I just don't think I relate to it on that level. But I, I see it and I recognize it, and I'm like, yes, I see you. I hear that. you. I understand. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the plot of this movie, and I think it is good in delivering in that way, especially in the way that needy, like, throughout the whole movie, kind of hates Jennifer, but like yeah. cannot bring get away herself. from her. Yeah. And even the boyfriend is like, why do you always leave me for Jennifer? And he yeah. is like, because she's Jennifer. Even yeah. though she doesn't, she like, she doesn't even want to go, but still gets roped into things with Jennifer. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's like accurate. Not in that like I have any friends that I don't like who I keep doing things with, but in a way, that- no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the way of of. When you have that really intimate friendship, people don't always understand why you... Yeah, it's like, why are you even friends with them if you hate them? Yeah. You don't understand we're girls. <laughs> you exactly. don't get it. <laughs> and like, there's sometimes a bond, like, the boyfriend is like, you don't even have anything in common with her. But, like, sometimes that doesn't matter. Sometimes you're yeah. not supposed to have things in common with your best friend. Yeah. That's not the so, point. I, I think... The I point think, is like... that you sucked the blood out of her <laughs> finger in the sand pit when you were kids. Yes, That's and that point. makes you genetically connected for the rest of your life. Exactly. It's true. But, um, and, I, and I think that that form like this in Mean Girls, and I think the fact that I can only name two movies show the nuances of high school female friendship, shows how little it's represented but i think that those two movies do a good job of like this is actually what Mm -hmm. girlhood friendships i I think that like the 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 common themes within those movies is that like our main characters who are like the hot ones in the story are lesbians suffering from compulsory heterosexuality yes jennifer is definitely lesbian and so is regina george and we should do an episode on that on Regina <laughs> specifically, we we've already yeah. watched it in First Body, but yeah, I feel but... like the part, the element of lesbianism that I feel like isn't really talked about. I feel well, not, well, I feel like is explored in these things, in these media's, in these mediums, but never, it's not really part of the discourse. I feel is that how like a lot of trying to connect with like womanhood as like a lesbian who doesn't know that she is a lesbian or whatever is like this hyper criticism of your ability to like perform femininity and your in this hyper criticism of like what you look like and what you think others think that that you look like that we that we see so clearly in both like Regina King and Regina King. Regina, King. Regina George. Oh my god. 
this is something that happens this is something that happens a lot with my ADHD and with my mental illnesses is that I'll say names I remember like names of things and getting them mixed up like for example like R. Kelly versus like oh that was machine gun Kelly yes (laughs) small story small side story we were watching Jennifer's body and texting each other while I was playing it on Zoom. And Sunny texted me, isn't Megan Fox dating R. Kelly? And I was like, what the fuck? And because it's also like the casualness. You're just like, yeah. And I'm like, no, first of all, I'm pretty sure R. Kelly is in jail. And second of all, have you read any headline about that man ever? And then you're just like, oh, I think who is a machine gun Kelly? Or yeah. Whatever. Is that the fucking, what his name is? I think that's who she's dating, yeah. And that is who she's dating. But the fact that you mix that up, like, they could not be two more different people. <laughs> they're like, Megan Fox is dating R. Kelly, right? And I I was, I had to answer quickly to, like, squash that. But I was truly gobsmacked. Like, oh it was like God. putting out, like, a fire that started behind you in a kitchen. You're like, oh, shit, fuck. I need to- <laughs> like, no, please do not tweet that. You're like, we're watching Jennifer's body with Megan Fox, who's dating R. Kelly. Like, that did not need to be <laughs> on anyone's Twitter. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's that's something. That's how my mental illnesses manifest, I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways. um, What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Tom Pat and George. Regina George. Not Regina King. <laughs> not Regina King. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, the, the way that, sh- that Regina King. Wait, why did I say that again? Regina George. Oh my god. <laughs> what? what is wrong with me? Okay, well, whatever. We don't have enough time for that. Um, Regina is basically there's so many scenes in Mean Girls where she's like standing in front of a mirror being like, oh my god, I hate this. And all the girls do that, right? Like, oh, I hate this about myself. I hate this about myself. But something that's so integral to Regina George's character is how she is so obsessed with like her weight and like t- you know eating carbs or whatever and like and and, and and with Jennifer and Jennifer's body she's all like needy points us out how she is someone who like doesn't let needy wear things that show her cleavage because she has to have a monopoly on showing her cleavage and like how she is like you know very particular about how she looks and she's like oh I just want that post eating men glow like <laughs> she she's just and I think that that part of like being like like a femme lesbian someone who's not like mask and gender non-conforming in that way uh and like being socialized in like a hetero patriarchal world like I feel like is is really integrated into these movies and into these storylines and stuff and the way that these girls because of how they are so femme uh and in hypercritical of their own femininity in their own image is how they then treat men as objects and Mm -hmm. we talk about this in the divines with the divines as well where you know these girls have really no conception of men as people they're just playthings uh and for yes you can't really objectify men but man are these movies and books gonna try their hard no exactly no it's because that's part of a girlhood experience objectifying Mm -hmm. men the way that part of but the thing is is that the objectification of men for us because we don't have power in a patriarchal society doesn't actually lead to the detriment of their lives but the fact that boys sit around and talk about women like they're objects that is actually really you know informs how the world works obviously so it's like 
you know, I feel like media kind of talking about these things, it's not, it's, it's not a power grab in any sort of way. It's just, it's just a real life exploration of the things that real life girls do and experience, you know? And I think that and, with in, in Jennifer's body, not only are these men objects, they're also her food. <laughs> yeah. They are edible. Th- and she even described, she's like, he's so salty or whatever. <laughs> I thought that but was so funny. The, um, the only person that she stops herself from eating is Needy on the first night when she first becomes a demon. This all happens very, this is the, At the basic of the plot movie. of the yeah. movie, so this isn't a, a spoiler. But when she first becomes a demon and she goes to Needy's house, almost, almost eats Needy, but is able to like stop herself, even though she's kind of in like the zombie brain unable to and then she like breaks open the fridge and like eats eats chicken off of the floor like and like vomits yes weird thing um which i thought was really interesting there's i was literally just about to say something and then i forgot i can't remember but oh i this is another point that i was gonna make this isn't the thought that i forgot but anyways we continue uh i persevere (laughs) through my broken brain is now leading up to that thought <laughs> uh chicken on the floor uh no it wasn't oh hold hold her back from eating it, it was about the objectification of men uh-huh and it was that because like of the divines and uh the devil is proud of this mean girls jennifer body because this makes up the majority of the media that i personally consume and that girls <laughs> consume <laughs> yeah but that like I, I don't I don't dabble really in anything outside of that. That sometimes I forget that's not like a common thing that people see like repeated. Right, it's not a universal these, these are, thing. Yeah, these are things that like oh, the Devil Wears Prada or Mingos is like one movie that they've seen, and so it's like a drop in the bucket of all the media that they've consumed of men objectifying women, and uh-huh. it doesn't make an impact with I think the general audience as it does with people who have similar tastes and media habits that I do and that you with like the books that you read is that if that is like a common trope that we see but that's not necessarily like universal yeah and I think that like it like even though I feel like I have a lot of experience with reading and seeing those kinds of storylines uh-huh. I feel like I feel like there could still be more. Like, I feel like there, I yeah, there's to always room. To a universal. That's the thing. There's always room for more stories and media and music by and for teenage girls and girls and women. Like, I I love this is this but is like part from of why, their perspective because exactly. like there's a lot that's written either by About men us, or still but not for us. Yes, and mm-hmm. and like I feel like because. There's the whole thing of, you know, if you want to make money for something, make it accessible to teenage girls because they're the ones that, like, usually right. get paid jobs, like, our yes. babysitters and have, yeah. like... And also, they're their... the ones who are going to ride or die for you. Yes. Like, the 1D stands, obviously, with Taylor Swift, yes. like us, like, we ride or die for these motherfuckers exactly. that we love, you know? But I feel like there's there's a difference, like you said, what's made about us and what's made for us. Like, there are things that are marketed towards teen girls so that uh-huh. big companies can make money. Uh-huh. And then there are things that are actually, like, 
for us in like a meaningful way that actually reflects the experiences that we have and the thoughts we have and what our friendships actually look like and I feel like there there's so much more room and so much to be explored and like even the same conversation I feel like about the nuances of like queerness within female relationships like I want 10 of those movies on just that alone let alone all the other yeah different directions that you could take it in like I want more of it I would never stop Wanting I'll never stop loving and consuming that. Yeah, that's why like, we'll never stop like, loving Taylor Swift's music because her music love is so, so much. Long. I love. Yes, so our love lasts so long, and like, uh, uh, up to Saturn, love you. We need to, to get that Harvard professor on. That's gonna literally. We need to goal. interview the Harvard prof. We need. We need to interview the person that wrote that article about uh-huh, Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. The amount of times that we quote it and right. reference it. Yes. There needs it's to be unreal. some form of compensation. We'll, we'll, we'll email her. Be like, we are big fans of your work. <laughs> yes, we've Love only read one on. piece, but it is our Bible. It is our. It doctrine. is our Bible. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, and I, this kind of. I mean, I'm gonna say one more thing about uh, Jennifer's body, but this is kind of reminding me of something that I I want to something I would recommend to you, uh, based off of media that I know you've enjoyed and consumed before, uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of follows this theme. But um, something else that I was oh, fuck now I'm experiencing the the brain rot of like forgetting what I was gonna say also I need to pee so I'm gonna go do that okay it, are, are, are you teeing up for recommendations or is this still on no I was gonna say I was gonna say something about Jennifer's body uh so you okay you talk about that if you want I love Jennifer's body one thing this is a another I'm I feel like I really fulfill the role of the bimbo on the podcast and I'm just gonna start reveling in that Anytime that Sunny calls me dumb <laughs> or uh, I have a, a stupid comment to make, I'm just going to start reveling in my bonus. But what I was going to talk about for Jennifer's body is the number of low-rise jean skirts that Megan Fox wears in this. I forgot how popular jean skirts. It's just a ring denim around your low hips and I hope that I do not see that come back in my lifetime. Anyone, I, I know that I wore it in middle school. I'm okay. You know, I know that Y2K style is coming back. We can have that conversation for another time. But Lord Almighty, do I hope that I never feel the pressure to wear another short, mini, low-rise jean skirt. I feel like that Whoever started that trend wanted people to be insecure about their bodies. There's nothing flattering that makes the average uh, person who would wear that feel good looking in the mirror. Where it's, it's a ring of denim. It doesn't hold anything. You can't open your legs. You can't frolic. The po- You're going to have bulky pockets in a mini jean short or mini jean skirt. It's just, it's not useful in any way. Megan Fox is wearing it on the cover of the movie, so I really wanted to bring up uh, that. It's not really a gripe with the movie, because the movie came out in 2009. That's just what people were wearing. But looking back, I really hope that that uh, doesn't come back, because I will not be participating. So, Indeed. Yes, the jean skirt phase, the denim Skirt, like the skirts, those like mini skirts. The majority of the time, I'm like, why would you wear that when you could wear a midi or maxi skirt, ever, 
ever. They're, well, they're also so stiff. I like a good. I like mini skirts, or they're fine. I think that are I flowy. prefer it in a dress form. Yeah, but yeah, they're just so like you can't. There's no get because you can't like at least in a flowy skirt. You can like when you sit down, you can put the fabric in between your legs, you know, and like you have that excess. You know, you can tuck it behind you and stuff like that. But the jean skirt, it's so stiff. You have you. There's no movement. Like if you, yeah. So like if the wind or whatever, if you're walking, if you flash, if something moves, that you can't grab it and and put fabric <laughs> elsewhere. Like oh like God. that's it. So. Yes. Okay, so I think what I was going to say about just something that my friend Anna brought up when we were talking about this was like, (laughs) shout out to Anna. Is this Anna F? No, that's her name is pronounced Anna. (laughs) Okay, I only hear about these people on text and their names. Yes, yes, it's spelled the same. But no, my friend Anna, Anna Liner, I've like just made an Instagram post basically dedicated to her because I take so many photos of her. Anyway, so she and she's also on my recent Twitter. oh we need to acknowledge okay first of all follow us on twitter at the lavender yes. pod uh yes. but uh something that renaissance adores doing for some fucking reason because they're a hater is telling slandering my name and saying that i am like five three no because you listener, are you are five, i am three. five eight i five, am three. five eight and a half five, actually i am i am barely five, like, i am a really five two and three quarters if shut the honest. fuck up i'm like, and the thing is is that my friend anna i think she's actually like five two i i just posted pictures on my twitter of us standing next to each other and like she's like fully like ahead and more shorter than me and it's so clear like, it's the opposite oh my god oh my god it is infuriating it is infuriating actually i think sunny might be for love and if we're being completely honest okay listen one of my best friends is four foot eight and when we stand next to each other it's honestly funny like the way she comes up sunny is so short that the friend that's five eight is just like heads and shoulders taller stop this is bullying this is harassment it's targeted harassment of tall people okay it's who's the tall person here sunny you hate to see an asian be over (laughs) five seven you hate to see it i know it wrinkles it wrinkles all of your souls but listen i listen i'm the i am the descendant of tall people in of northern china and listen my my grandpa is not like six foot four just for you guys to slander my name like this this is ridiculous unacceptable i believe that i mean i've never seen your grandpa pictures anything but if you told me that he was six four i believe you do i believe that you are five eight no because you're not oh my you're literally god five two and three quarters my god so i can't wait to disprove you when i when i fight you in real life in august when i when i give you a pummel to the face like (laughs) a fucking i'm gonna land in in the airport in St. Louis, and I'm gonna just barely be exiting the airport, and you're just gonna body. <laughs> you're slam gonna be in the terminal, the and I'm gonna body slam you. Like, and then those, then like, you will fully know that. Yeah, I'm those like non-flying tickets, but like so you can get past security. So the moment I'm off that plane, you just fucking <laughs> body slam me in I'm the middle in of the, the terminal airport. as your mm-hmm. plane flies in. I'm like, bitch. Yeah, look, you're no actually exactly. the one that's like the fucking flight <laughs> the person <laughs> holding the fucking yeah. <laughs> like yeah. guiding the airplane in and you like stop it early i'm up and then like, <laughs> sneak onto the plane somehow 
and then you just beat me before the I can even get off the screaming like what the fuck is going on yeah <laughs> like oh my god but yeah anyway so Anna my friend the person who yeah. does actually definitively prove that I am tall and always have been not is, true um shut the fuck up she told me she was saying what I really like what she one of the things that she really loves about this movie is how the antagonists of the and the kind of the, the people who do the inciting incident incident of trying to sacrifice Jennifer uh, is they're like an indie band of of like these boys that are in an indie band and it's like that's the thing the greasy disgusting misogynists of the world oftentimes are just beloved within their spaces of being like musicians and artists and well celebrated by everyone in the community and their town as we see in this movie when really they're fucking asshole freaks who are exploiting and literally like literally killing women and abusing them for the purpose of their own like career and financial like gain uh and we and that is such a key point of this movie that i think is like on when anna brought it up i was like wow this and anna listens to our podcast too pretty regularly so shout out to her love love her um is like how that's so it's so funny like the the poetic justice that this movie brings about for girls who hate e-boys before e-boys even existed or were a thing like indie boys um not you making a tweet just now just to slant oh my god oh my god this is why all of the listeners need to follow us on twitter it is mandatory you cannot finish listening to this episode until you follow sunny and i on twitter exactly exactly it's the truth so anyways um I don't think I had anything else to say. Oh, but yeah, I don't think so. Any other takes on Jennifer's body? No, except Megan Fox's boobs look great in this movie, but that's really a side point. And I, they're supposed to. She uses them for like weapons to lure of war the boys in. and mass yeah. destruction. Right. But um, I mean, it'd work on me. I love when girls go crazy and saying feral like and I think and the progression of both of our main characters in this movie being able to do that I fucking adore it just love yeah. love love it I live laugh love for it it's true um so now talking about media that we would recommend to each other yeah. the book that I'm gonna pitch to you today instead oh, of we're it keeping being... with the with the book I love the book Rex but I thought we're we were I thought you were going to try and pressure yourself or like... Uh, yes, but the thing is, is that this things. one, this kind of connects... I mean, I'll probably think of something else to make, try to make you watch or something. But okay. um, this this particular book is like... Um, kind of reminds me of the things we were talking about. Uh, and that is another book by Sally Rooney called Conversations with Friends. Uh, because it's another book that I feel like the primary relationship in the story is about these two close female friends who are both like sapphic um and the way that they are together but aren't uh and how the men in their lives and within the story kind of end up being these these objects in a way almost even though they are presented as fully you know human characters and and fully fleshed people but i think that the way like you know the art the the book is really about the relationship between our main character who is this girl who's kind of like lost in the world she's like in her early 20s like not really sure what she wants to do with her life doesn't really care either um she's a communist um and she 
so is Sally Rooney actually which is why you know I love her and her work it really reflects in in her writing there's a actually I need to show you this video um of Sally Rooney talking about writing but anyway so in this book our main character is kind of her my our main character and her best friend slash kind of girlfriend are are getting involved with this artist couple uh who are kind of like I think like ethically non-monogamous or whatever I don't know uh basically because the main character's best friend really wants to be friends with or lovers with the woman in the relationship who is an artist and really well known for her work and like really cool but her husband the the artist woman's husband is an actor who is very like conventionally attractive and so our main character ends up getting involved with him and like kind of he's cheating on his wife like with her and she so it's like a love triangle but love square situation almost uh and it's I, I just think that it talks because you don't like media about teenagers or anything and you like normal people um I think you would really enjoy this because it's about you know young adults and adults because I think the man the actor is like in his 30s um and like the complicated like relationship dynamics that are the and the way that our characters like kind of estrangement from each other and their families and their sense of self is really integral to the storytelling and the plot and I think I think you would enjoy it and uh, I listened to it via audiobook uh, and I enjoyed the audiobook as well love Irish accents so (laughs) Uh, I also love Irish accents yes um great I will definitely is that on Libby I think so yeah awesome shout out to Libby Libby if you ever want to sponsor us Please that would honestly be the best thing ever. Honest if the to God. St. Louis Public Library or Libby <laughs> wants to sponsor us. Please sponsor us. I think I think our, our great sponsors would be um Harvard for quoting that one fucking article all yes. the time. Yes. Taylor Swift, obviously. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um Libby. Uh-huh. We'd love to hear a sponsorship from them Indeed. and the St. Louis Public yes st louis county public libraries yeah hit us up hit us up anytime please we would be so happy you would have so much ad time however long you want the ad yes we'll give it to you indeed Um, anyways okay so my recommendation my recommendation is more in line with uh fortune favors the dead so get yourself into that mindset that's where that's what this is coming from so it is a movie called the night watch and it is a TV movie, which in America you think of like Lifetime or something that's like really cheesy like that. And this is actually, it was a surprisingly very good movie. It is based off of the book, which I had up, I think, by Sarah something. Sarah Waters? Know. Yes, Sarah Waters. Sarah Waters wrote Fingersmith, which is what, yeah. The, um, Yes, which is what The Handmaiden is based off of. And she's, and my, uh, oh. Anna, not, not Anna. Anna ordered The Fingersmith. Is, is that F? Last yes. name? Okay. Yes. yes. She's also another listener. So shout out to you, Anna. I, she recently ordered The Fingersmith uh, by Sarah Waters. Yeah. Based off of my recommendation, even though I haven't even read the book, I just love the movie. I just love The Handmaiden so much. Yeah. Because, because uh, The Fingersmith by, by Sarah Waters is, like Sarah Waters is a seminal lesbian writer. Like her work yes. is all about lesbianism, and it's great. But yes, um, the Fingersmith is a book that is set in Wait, like Victorian. This is not. This is not. This is no. Not let me explain though. Let me explain though. Let me explain no, though. We we'll talk about that later. And it is good. It has two of my favorite actresses in it: Claire Foy and Jodie Whittaker, who are both 
very popular. Um, this is actually kind of towards the beginning of Claire Foy's career, which I found interesting. And it is a very lesbian movie. But one thing that I really like that is a bit different from, uh, I think a lot of the lesbian movies that I end up watching don't really have a lot of like mask representation or yeah. lesbians as one of the main characters. And the main character of this movie is a butch um lesbian which I thought was really cool especially like in a period drama because it kind of showed one like what that style looks like just like which I thought looked really cool like she looks cool and also just what having a lesbian relationship while being gender non-conforming during the second world war looked like also the way the way that the story is told like it's chronological order it is giving um this is probably the only thing it has in common with Birds of Prey, but that kind of like jumpy, yeah, like it yeah. doesn't go in a traditional, like chronological order. Um, that I thought was really interesting, and it's just a good lesbian movie that I think does not have. I think it has less than a thousand. Yeah, it has less than five hundred logged watches on Letterbox, which is like not a yeah. lot. But it's really good. It's on Amazon Prime for free. Like, you don't even have to rent it. And very good. BBC has good, like, TV movies. And it's an adaption of a good book. And, like, it's, like, the lesbians feel real. They don't feel, like, performative or, like, cash grabby or, you know, like, oh, this is a, there's lesbians in this. It feels, like, genuine. Um. And there's yeah. also like a, a, a gay man storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is also I present mean... in Fortune Favors the Dead. Yes. Oh my gosh. I loved that twist. I yes. loved that twist yes. in Fortune Favors the Dead. We didn't talk about it, but I that was fun. I thought that that was fun. I agree. If, yeah. if, you, if anyone, if any of our listeners end up listening, yeah. the thing or is, is that Fortune it. Favors the Dead has such little hype, both on like Book Talk and BookTube and just the book internet in general. Like, I just feel like not enough people, people are always asking for like sapphic books and whatever, but they, everyone recommends the same like five things that I've read and thought were like mid at best. <laughs> and they're all like YA fantasies. Oh, so you can say things are mid but i'm not allowed to call but that's because mid. you haven't engaged with the stuff that i'm talking about anyways like that's not that's unrelated anyways uh <laughs> but anyway back on my sarah waters thing the thing is, is yes. that i love to talk about sarah waters even though i haven't read any of her books because i love the how uh the handmaiden kind of takes an adaptation of a book that was set in victorian london and then puts it in colonially occupied korea from japan which is deeply influenced by the colonial regimes of up like within london and stuff and like the way that that and i've i've heard from different podcasts and stuff that i listen to uh about that have discussed like the handmaiden and sarah waters stuff at, at length is apparently in sarah waters the fingersmith the ending is like much more twisty and dark than in the handmaiden and the handmaiden we, we get a happy ending but apparently in the actual in like the book that it's based off of the place in which the handmaiden kind of ends uh that's like the halfway point of the book i think we should actually read this book together yeah yeah isn't that insane? We should- sorry that's not good for a podcast because my reaction was silent but my jaw literally like dropped yeah. <laughs> like right right dropped yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think we should we should read we should read uh Fingersmith actually. That would be yes. that would be an interesting yeah episode. But um what the fuck was I 
Mm, I don't even. Um, 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 um. Oh, have you seen the movie Yes, God, Yes? No, and I don't feel like I've even heard of it. Cause usually, I can. I've at least heard of the Yes, God, Yes. It, it's a movie. Yes, and it stars um, this actress I really love, Natasha Dyer, who was also in Novitiate. You've seen Novitiate, right? Yes. Oh, and she's on. She's in Stranger Things. Yes. Which I have. She's she's a novitiate. Why do I not? I think so. Oh no! Wait, I'm confusing my actresses with uh, Regina King and Regina George. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, she wasn't a novitiate. Heard of Alice, a young innocent Catholic girl, is tempted into masturbating after an AOL chat sent to sexual. Oh my gosh, that is. Yes, I'm adding this to my watch list. But then this remind this. I I almost recommended you something else, but then I chose The Night Watch because of Fortune Favors the Dead. But if you're doubling up, I'm I'm gonna double up. So do your pitch for Yes God Yes. Yeah. So obviously, okay. This movie also explores that early two thousands girlhood thing that we were talking about. Love um, it. Eat it up ways, every time. Exactly. In the ways that like, like this movie isn't explicitly I think queer in any way, but I think the way that we were talking about like the objectification of men and the way that girls treat each other and the way that, and because this movie kind of takes place at like a Catholic retreat. Like if, if you went to Catholic school or went to church or anything for, you know, and were grew up like religious and Christian in America, like, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like they take you to this like more less camp and you live there and like the camp counselors are b- bitches and like, it's, you know, it's pretty evil. Uh, and this movie is kind of set over the course of this and, our main character is this young girl who's kind of discovering her sexuality and and there's these like complicated dynamics that I think are also kind of expressed in the divines uh, and explored there where it's like, oh, there's like these hierarchy of girls and there's also like, oh, but she hooked up with this guy. But no, he said that she, she didn't, they didn't hook up. He said that he hooked up with her and, and she said that he, it's like, this movie is just so, it's like also very deeply cringy and funny in the way that Shiva Baby is almost. Kind of reminds, it kind of gives me the vibes of like Shiva Baby. The, the, the amount of anxiety that you feel watching the movie because you're like, oh God, no. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I feel like you would really enjoy this movie. And it's also directed by a woman. And it's like, it's like, it's another movie that's like for girls by girls. Like, and it's, a, it's just about that, that experience. So I think you would, you would enjoy it. It's on Netflix. Yes, I just saw that. Um, That is so funny. Okay, we are like on the same page because this, my recommendation, it's a short film. It's literally 10 minutes. I almost sent you the link to it last night when I was like, wait, I might want to save this for a recommendation. So I didn't. (laughs) Um, But I did think of you when I was watching it. And it's called, I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced in Spanish or not, but uh, uh, that Virgencita, I guess. Virgencita, which means like virgin, virgin woman. Um, and it's uh, it was produced by Emma. How do you pronounce it? Oh, Seligman. Oh, Emma Seligman, Seligman the person yes. who made Shiva Baby. Yes, yes, it's produced by her. She won the. How producer. do you spell it? S e l i g m a n. No, no, no. I mean the movie name. Oh. <laughs> I know how to spell Emma Seligman. <laughs> See, I I said I'm declaring myself the bimbo of the podcast. Oh my um, god. V I R G E N C I T A. Bethencita. 
I can't go from the end to the s sound very smoothly. How you do you spell V I R G I. No, E N. E N. Like virgin. Uh huh. The N and then Sita. C I T A. Okay. Let's see. Um. But anyways, uh, it is a a woman's failed attempt at masturbating leaves her accused of being suicidal. Uh. So, both awkward masturbation movies we have decided to recommend yeah oh yes god yes that is actually based off of the short film laced what yes god yes is also is also like based off of a short film kind of like how shiva baby is of course yep so two of the same things if you like shiva baby and any of the other things these are two more recommendations for the listeners um and also i'm recommending this to you and it's about this did you watch um Emma's other short film, Void. No. Have you seen it? Okay. Um, that's also about, like, the awkwardness of masturbating. Oh, my And God. this is kind of like this. I've seen anything that Emma has ever worked on that's public. I've watched. Um, but it's like this, except Mexican. So it has more of a Catholic feel. Uh-huh. And it's more religious, more religious tension. Like Emma's like, I'm not Catholic, I'm Jewish. So all of the things that Emma makes is Jewish, but then she just supports other awkward religious tension projects. Yeah. Um, and this is it. And so it's about this young woman who still lives at home, probably like in her 20s. And she is masturbating in the shower um, and then slips. And that's why she's accused of being suicidal uh, because her mom doesn't her like she's too embarrassed to tell her mom that she was masturbating. Um, and just the way that it's shot reminds me of the movie and the short film. And y- you can just tell that like this is a project that Emma would yeah. be on. Uh, mm-hmm. So definitely in that genre, if, if you if that's the media that you like when Sunny and I recommend then this is and it's literally 10 minutes like you can just look it up um, yeah and for sure watch it so yeah what the fuck I was gonna show you something I was gonna show oh yeah so I need to show you the Yara Zaid video on Jennifer's body and I need to show you the uh the Sally Rooney video anyway so I'm just to categorize I'm putting that cataloging yeah. that in my, the back of my brain anyway everything so, um, that I watch now because I, I've watched a lot of things this month but I can, I only feel like, like only a few of them are good recommendations. So now I watch things for two reasons. One, to log it on Letterboxd because I'm addicted to that silly little <laughs> app. And two, there are things where I'm like, I watch and I'm like, do I want to save this as a recommendation and not tell Sunny that I've seen this? Or is this something that I need to talk to about? Like Immediately. To Sunny, yeah, like right now, right now. So this is oh one where I wanted to talk to you, but I'm like, wait this would make a good recommendation so I saved it but now I'm out so quickly so I need to start watching more things so that I have right (laughs) because there's something that I watch where I'm like Sunny's gonna hate this I should not recommend this to Sunny but then there's things I'm like I need to save this so no my of books I can recommend is honestly endless that to the point that like even if I just today I just decided I'm no longer reading any books I could still for the next three seasons of this show if we continue doing this i mean okay finger mm-hmm. i want to keep doing it is this you telling me that you're like oh my gosh no 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 no, no. of course not go to you and ditch you and leave you okay no i would never listen i've never in my life well ex-boyfriend in middle school but like that doesn't count like <laughs> i've never like ghosted a person who first of all 
I'm messy. I love drama. <laughs> I feel I like love- if we do have a falling out, if that ever happens, knock on whether it doesn't, I would hate for that to happen. But I feel like it is going to be the brawl, Twitter thread, dragging of the century. <laughs> Maybe we should do it just for listens, just for views. Like when we dip and we really need that boost, we should just we should just have a make up drama to fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think we should. No, someone try and ruin Sunny's and I's friendship for the listens for the streams. Yes, yeah. for the stream. No, no, no. You know that one fucking disgusting podcast? Uh, call her daddy. The Barstool podcast with those. You don't know what I'm fucking talking about? Okay. Well, no. You're gay. Never mind. So there's so there's this podcast called Call Her Daddy that Barstool like hosted. And it started like in 2015, 2014, like way back when. And it's just these like straight girls talking about straight girl things. Um, and like what I remember when my one straight friend who I don't talk to anymore because she's like conservative uh, was like telling me like, oh, you should listen to this podcast because you, you can get like good tips or whatever i was like okay what i was looking through their podcast and i was like um i, I mean in, even when i was younger i was like looking through that being like this is so questionable because one of the episode things that, that really stuck stuck in my mind even now is that like one of the things that they said was like how to get birth control but not from planned parenthood it's like what what are you what's the issue with planned parenthood like i don't get it um anyway yeah like it's like that it's very rancid vibes okay so anyway call her daddy basically there's a car outside my house is that Great. a cop Thanks. car? Is that a is that a SUV? Sunny gets arrested live on podcast. <laughs> live on streams po- here. Twelve a.m. Yes. Anyway, okay. So, um, what the fuck was I talking about? I don't know. We were talking about fighting for clout on Twitter, and then you. Oh yeah. The so call her, so call her daddy. Recently, like maybe last year, they had this huge falling out with the two co-hosts of the show. These two girls, and like because call her daddy has millions of listeners and streamers like people were in the comments of those girls instagram posts of talking about call her daddy like being like i side with sophia i side with like it was insane like genuinely crazy and now that podcast has like fallen apart because one of the girls was like i'm leaving like it's crazy like anyway and and that's what i was thinking i'm like if we get an audience that fucking big where there's like mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people being like tuning in and like understanding our dynamic and being like wow this is so toxic and i don't like and i don't like how she said this and like the like like, that is lit like that'd be so fucking funny our call her daddy era that'd be so fucking funny i love i think once we get like jbu status right and like i see I, the thing is i don't know if my goal not that i mean i hope this happens for the podcast but like it's not like i'm in it for this but yeah. i don't know if like fantasy wise if right. my goal for the podcast if it would be cool for us to have like um I mean, still large, but kind of like insular community of JBU, yeah. where it's like yeah. either you've been there for years and you understand them uh-huh. and on like an intimate level. And it's like they are like, you know, those right. creators. Or if I want like international, <laughs> like yeah. the biggest pot, we revolutionize the podcasting world. <laughs> we are the dynamic, like just right. cash cows, just fucking yes. huge. Never have to get a real job in our lives. Never have to apply for anything. <laughs> Don't have to write another cover letter in our ever oh fucking lives. That I think would be 
really great for us as well. Yes, as communists so. who don't want to do labor in a capitalist society. <laughs> I mean, we, we like, you know, we'll garden and do that. But also, yes. I would love to never have to apply for a job or work exactly. in retail or do a job that makes me stand for eight plus hours a day. Indeed. Indeed. I would love if the podcast Love would that love that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And Paris commented on one of our one of our tweets being like just now realizing that you guys kind of have the dynamic as like gabby and allison on jbu yeah <laughs> which is like- great like i want that for hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people i want to get that tweet every right. five minutes no exactly i want people to be like because we're we are their sons okay we are, we are yes th- this podcast is a son of yes. jbu <laughs> that is that i yeah 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 it's true. I don't think we would have the friendship we do, nor the podcast we do, if we both independently did not grow up watching With JBU. JBU. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Observing but, the parasocial relationship. That level. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we, like, it's not like we introduced JBU to the yes. other person. Like, we and, like, independently you really liked it. Yeah. had those phases in, like, fucking middle school. Like, and like yeah. still consistently watched their right. like videos and listen to their yeah. podcast. Uh-huh. And like now it's we bring crazy. that independently to now our no, show. Exactly. Similar to like BBC Sherlock, honestly. And yeah. like what else, what other phases have, have we had that align? Like it's it's pretty crazy, I think. I mean, those two enough are so mentally ill. So and fucking like, There's yeah. so many Im- implications of justice. Oh, Hamilton is one yeah. of them. Hamilton phases. Independent yeah. Hamilton phases. Indeed. Both just liking musical. I mean, you did musical theater, but I think yeah. both of us just standing in general. Yeah. Theater. But you, the thing is that you like you like more like classic things in terms of like music that's more like classic rock or like classic musical theater shows or whatever. <laughs> classic but, rock and classic musical theater. No, I'm dead ass. Like, and then like the blueprint of musical theater of like everything from like Oklahoma to fucking I, do love I don't know anything goes or whatever. I love like anything goes. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the genre of like musical theater and like music that you engage with. I'm yeah. a new age bitch. Like. I love musical theater that is like that's like Hamilton and beyond. Like I love I mean I do too. I like Hamilton and in the Heights and Waitress is not like a full orchestra uh musical in the way that older ones hold. Let me if you don't follow my musical theater playlist on Spotify, please do. My Spotify is Renaissance Marie. I don't know what the title of that pod or but of see, that. No, like I don't go out of my way to like, listen to that. Like I, what are some musical sh- theater shows that I really love? I love the musical theater adaptation of Carrie. I love the musical theater adapt. I love, um, I don't obviously to that one. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The things that I like in musical theater are things that you wouldn't even have like cared about or heard about. Like I really, really love Natasha Pierre and the, um, and the Great Comet of 1812. I love Bring It On. What well, is it called? Bring It On. Um, the the musical Bring It On the musical. Love that. Love. There's like, a Bring It On the musical that that was one of my favorite shows. As a, everyone take a shot. No, like the like the actual Broadway show. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that it had a Broadway. No, show. exactly. That's what I'm I've, saying. I've yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, Les Mis is one of my favorite musicals. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, like um, I, mean, I had a Les Mis fa- phase when I was younger as well. But, like, the things that I'm actually interested in now. obviously. Right, see, like, like I've seen Hairspray. I've seen Anything Goes. I've, Band, I've Band seen... which is, it's a new play that sounds like an old one, so. Right, like, I've seen Wicked. I've seen Les Mis. I've seen, like, I, I know. The oh, pop- I love Six. But Six is, like, pop. <laughs> six is pop for musical theater. 
people like that's the thing like your tastes and stuff and ours are just like in mine they it's like we align it like it's like a fucking like a path that kind of goes in and out like it but they're yeah. kind of they're kind of like parallel to each other which is which is what makes I this podcast beautiful. i think but that's I, because jesse mueller is on the cast recording and i love jesse mueller such a jesse mueller stand that's why this 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 works because the niche interest that you have and the niche interest that i have overlap in venn diagram like ways yeah. But in ways that don't fully overlap, which means yeah. our opinions and tastes are like, because if we were just exactly the same, like it just wouldn't be as interesting. That'd be are... so boring. Right, if exactly. We agreed on everything. Yeah. See, we have the same interests, but different tastes within those interests. Yeah. And that's what makes us work because we're able to talk about the same things, but still have different opinions. Exactly. Agreed. And then same it's opinions so on a variety of things as well. And yeah. it's, it's a good Mainly mix. It's healthy. We both find the same people dumb (laughs) that really helps oh it's helpful yeah so anyways i think that's the end of this episode if you yeah it's already two hours no like like i said this show just gets longer and longer every recording oh our season finale is gonna be a 10 hour long episode (laughs) unedited just straight conversation no breaks no a thousand breaks. pee breaks there will be pee breaks yeah, but yeah, like yeah, no yeah. editing 10 hour yeah. long conversation indeed full binge yes indeed so if you want to reach out to us again follow us on twitter at the lavender pod email us at the lavender menace podcast at gmail.com we love getting emails love getting messages love getting interactions with you guys and um you know we need more twitter followers so we do and it's a fun time <laughs> it is it is we love I to think engage we should start uh I think eventually we'll tell you when we host it but on the podcast Twitter I think we should try to actively tweet like the other person and then our followers comment below like in the replies who they yeah who they think tweeted which tweet (laughs) yes that would be fun and like we don't specify because right now sometimes if we're saying like me or they just said something then we specify like who's saying what Uh but I think we should like do a, a, a fun little challenge to see. A cha- a challenge yeah, to see where followers. Like yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Yes. Please listen to all of our other episodes. If you haven't, subscribe or follow on Spotify. I don't know what the button says. Yeah. I think follow. Yeah. yeah. Follow me on Twitter personally at RedX. Follow me on Twitter at a sunny book nook. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, a sunny book nook. Um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram, a sunny book nook. Well, it's actually the handle is the sunny with a camera, but you know. Yeah. So that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed it and bye. See ya.